Hello and welcome to the second reel of episode seven of the Double Reel Film Podcast. If you haven't already listened to the first reel, stop now, go and download it, so you can get up to date with all the features we've covered already this month, including the regular roundup of a month in the life of two busy film nerds, some fine and witty listener messages in the podcast mag magazine letters page, our discussion of the classic Scorsese gangster epic Casino, our look at a hidden gem, which was the John Millius film Dillinger, the one that got away feature about Hitchcock's unsuccessful battle to make the controversial serial killer film Kaleidoscope, and the remake Hate Watch of Tim Burton's horrible Planet of the Apes. For all of you who have already made it this far, we turn now to the big conversation. The whole of this second reel will now be dedicated to the Adamsons tackling one of the big subjects of the day, giving you an interrupted nerdy film chat experience. We turn now to my co-host James to start us up on the chat. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, it's been a while since I recorded the last one, so I've been a little bit, I'm a little bit thrown off. It's been a very, very hectic couple of weeks um, in the life of the co-host. Um, but now I'm excited to get stuck into the big conversation. Very good. So obviously, I think the, the the big topic at the moment, the thing that's on everyone's minds, you know, aside from coronavirus and global election challenges, is linked to COVID. Is the um, the the increased uh, restrictions, the the second wave, the the way it's seeming to close down cinemas, disrupting cinema schedules, and and actually leading to whole cinema chains saying they're not going to reopen until all this is over, and some of the big films aren't even going to be shown until next year. And I thought it would be, well, we thought it would be good to look at that on the basis of what does that mean for cinema now and what, what might that mean for cinema going forward? Because obviously, you know, times change, media change. And if people get used to a certain way of doing things because of this, does that change things forever when we get out of it? So, uh, I mean, really, the start point for all of this, James, was um, was Bond, because when Bond kept getting delayed, people were starting to think, oh, could this really be bad for cinema? I think people had a lot tied to Bond. And, I mean, they pushed ahead with Tenet and people thought that was good that Tenet came out and the cinemas got busy. And then Bond pushed it back for a, until next year and a whole load of cinema change closed down. Uh, the film Dune uh, did a similar delay and I think people were hoping that to be a big film. And, and now that England's in a second lockdown, there's just been a circuit breaker lockdown in Wales and, and Scotland is subject to quite severe restrictions as well. Um, it's sort of a tough time for cinema and trying to work out how we, um, how we deal with it now. Uh, yeah, it's, to be honest, the, the way you're describing the way you felt about Bond being pushed back and how that made it think like it was a big deal for cinema, I think it's just we've, we've been working in, during this pandemic in two very different ways. Um, so to describe, like, to, for, for an explanation, I work as a, a shop assistant in a, in a supermarket. So I've been, throughout this, I didn't get, you know, the... I know you've been working from home, but I didn't get you know any furlough or anything like that. I've been quite, I've been really busy with my work. I know it sounds weird for somebody who's been in a supermarket, but it's been really busy. I've just moved down to Glasgow from Aberdeen, hence the very busy two weeks I've had. And yeah. the new store I'm in, I'm working you know five days a week. I'm, I'm doing the third most shifts next week, so I've not been paying attention to um, yeah. stuff going on. So I did kind of notice, oh, well, that kind of makes sense that they're pushing Bond back, and you know they, they have they can't they can't release Bond because that will take a massive hit on the sales um, and the box office. Um, revenue and stuff like that um the, the the moment it kind of dawned on me that this is a this has really hit cinemas hard is when i went to see tenet when it came out and this was two days after it came out it was um one of the cine worlds in aberdeen there's two i think it was the one at the beach and yeah. two days after it came out christopher nolan blockbuster it was a you know a cerebral type film and there was about f five people in the cinema mm -hmm. two days after the film came out no, I don't know if that's indicative of people being scared of, you know, catching the virus because um, 
they, they don't want to go outside or it's just people don't have the money to spend or they just don't have the interest. They, I think most people when they've been going out is to do shopping and mm-hmm. to go to the pub because the, the pub is more fun than going to the cinema, I guess, in that sense. You know, we, um, back when you could meet up with households of up to six from you know two households i think it was people more inclined to go to the pub because you know it's been it's been pretty tough for everyone these past few months like yourself working from home with a with a new baby on the way um not on the way sorry a new baby that is already here um, yeah. and from my i've been working with the public you know the whole way through so it's it's been tough on people and i think the best if you're going to choose between going to the cinema and going to the pub i think you know nine times out of a hundred no, nine times out of ten sorry 99 times out of 100 everyone's going to choose the pub, uh, just because it's just kind of a way yeah. to kind of blow off some steam, and I don't really blame them. It's tough for the cinemas, and I feel really bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you, I think you're onto something there. I and mean, obviously, as a massive nerd, you know, and also someone who's got a baby at home, if I say I'm going out for a couple of hours to watch a film, and I, you know, everyone knows how much I love films, and that's my, you know, my my kind of interest. Everyone, that's fine. If I were to say I'm off to the pub for four hours, you know, that would yeah. be like. You know, less less of a case, but you know, obviously, for a lot of people, you can still watch films at home if you really want to. Um, whereas the pubs, haven't, you know, weren't open for a long time. Let's go, you know, let's go to the pub. I totally get it. Well, to be fair, the, the cinemas weren't open either. I think the pub yeah, no, opened before true. the cinemas. Um, that, yeah, that's true. I mean, the thing was, you know, while the cinemas were shut, you know, I think what, what I'm trying to say is, I think the difference between watching a film at the cinema and watching it at home is probably less drastic than drinking a can on your sofa and being in the pub with. Friends, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, even for someone like myself who really enjoys films, um, I've been. I went to the cinema twice to see Tenet, um, and I think I've been to the pub twice. And I'm, I'm not going to lie; it's more enjoyable going to the pub. Yeah, just because you know, yeah, you know, I got to see you know my pals I haven't been able to see for you know weeks and months, and t- like it's it's a shame. Um, but I think it could also be a, we could be t- t- off, you know. Off, on the right, we could be on the right road. We can be completely, you know, off of it in the sense that, um, you know, what's everyone been doing for the past few months? You know, binging Netflix, Disney Plus. You know, just fighting through those types of things. And I think people might just be a bit sick of just watching the telly. Yeah, oh yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, th- this is the thing. I think it's a case of, you know, we're we're in lockdown at the moment, and I I I went out to the cinema before we went into lockdown. You know, down here in England to see Tenet and I, and I broke out to see it again. And prior to that, I had made an effort to try and see more things at the cinema just because it was like, thank God the cinemas are open again. And there were a few people doing the same. Um, but, you know, since we're in lockdown and when things are restricted, I think people are kind of used to the idea that, you know, there are things you're not going to be able to do as much as you normally do. And, and I think for the general population, I think the hope is, well, when this is all over, yeah, let's get straight back to the cinema. Let's go to the pub as often as we used to. Let's do all the things we used to. And I guess the problem may be, what if what if some of the things that we love doing aren't there anymore after all this is shut down? Uh, I think that's playing on people's minds because, you know, probably some of the independent cinemas might struggle. I mean, everyone assumes that Cineworld's going to reopen. Cineworld's but, you know, it, it could, already, it could, yeah. Yeah, it could, it could be, like, changed... Forever. I mean, I think one of the problems is, you know, I was about to say not to drag politics in it, but we've dragged politics into things before and no regrets. So fuck it. Um, you know, the funding for cinemas is really piss poor. Yeah, and it's not, quite expensive. And not fairly distributed. You know, so the government is trying to help out businesses, but it does, you know, they, they seem to be treating some businesses better than others. Yeah, their pal's business is better than, you know, yeah. privately owned and, businesses. 
Yeah, and obviously, I mean, the, the thing I noticed, right, is that, that obviously, if, you, if you're not a rugby fan, you wouldn't have noticed this, but New Zealand have been hosting international rugby matches with crowds of 50,000 people. Yeah, because... Because they've come out, because they've come out the other side of COVID. Their, their government's done quite a good job and resolved a lot of the issues. And they've got 50,000 crowds in stadiums again. They're trying to get back to normal. New Zealand is pretty much normal right now, isn't it? Yeah, they don't have like one know, death or something, which is obviously yeah. you know, terrible. But you know, compared to the travesty that's going on in the UK, um, yeah, and and everyone's you know you hear a lot of people over here going, oh well, New Zealand, New Zealand's much less populated than the UK. And so, and yeah, that's true. But Auckland and Wellington are as populated as as at the very least Bradford, Coventry, and maybe even Leeds. You know, they're big cities, are big cities, right? They're populated. They've got people walking around. They've got supermarkets full of people. They have a lot of the same challenges we have, and they fixed it. And one of the things I think people are crying out for, probably, you know, America most of all, us, you know, maybe maybe other countries as well, is to for for it to get sorted in some sort of effective way, so that you know the lock, you know, that lockdown doesn't have to last forever. That would help cinema. That would help everything. Do you know what I mean? Because all the all the businesses that that go under, you know, it's you know, you can't. They're not just going to come back to life, you know, like it's spring and winter's over. You know, they they, they may be gone. Um, so one thing we obviously hope is that the world is, you know, that our the people in charge, you know, get test and trace sorted, get all these other things sorted so that we can actually go back out and do any of the things we want to do again, at least in some way until there's a vaccine or whatever. Yeah, I think we're holding our breath of that. Sorry, just to, just because I don't want to do anyone a disservice. New Zealand have had 1,982 cases, 1,909 have recovered and 25 people have died. From COVID. Now, that's obviously still, you know, I'm sure um, Jacinda Ardern didn't want those 25 people to die, but that, compared to some other countries, that they are doing a lot better and they've been able to get things back to normal. But yeah, the, some of the Asian countries that are used uh, to things like SARS and avian flu, they kind of had a plan ready for well, this. Vietnam, and they Vietnam's done really well for a country that's really densely populated and has a population of about, what, 90 odd million? They've done really well coming out of yeah. But uh, we're getting into different things. I mean, the, the, when we're talking about cinemas, we're talking about cinemas that we can go to, and that's mostly ones in the UK. And the, the businesses in the UK, whether small or even big ones like, um, you know, I've, like I said, I've had a very stress. Should I give some context to my stressful two weeks? I think it actually kind of ties into the podcast a little bit. So yeah, sure. I was meant to be moving. I've been I've moved down to Glasgow for, you know, a heap, a heap of different reasons for, you know, my own mental health and things like that. Um, but I chose to move down to a, another supermarket. I was working in the same, a same company in Aberdeen. I'm moving down to another one down in uh, Glasgow. My, the person I was meant to be staying with, my best friend, he tested positive for COVID. While he was in Glasgow and I was still in Aberdeen, so I hadn't come into contact with him. So I had to book a premiere then to stay there for for the uh, his isolation period before I could actually move into the uh, the house. And I dropped literally all my stuff yep. off at the door and he took it into me. And then two weeks later, I moved into the house. Um, mm-hmm. And I was in a premiere then as well. Now, a premiere then is, a premiere then is like almost like a kind of staple of British society even across the world there's like a premier in, premier in uh, Germany and Dubai and stuff like that but in Britain a premier is like you know probably one of the most probably the most popular um, hotel brand or hotel company and it was dead it was yeah. like The Shining it was literally like The Shining I had the entire they had the oh, entire wow. floor to myself I didn't come into contact with anyone in any of the lifts any staff in the entire time I was there and I, I just felt really bad they, you know they've been hit really hard but it's in the same way that you know we're we're being told to you know look after small businesses, which I think is, a, is, is an important thing to do when there's not a pandemic on. You know, buy local. Yep. You're going to get a coffee. Don't go to a, a big massive franchise. Go to you know your local coffee shop where you might get it for cheaper and just get as good a coffee. It's not even it's yeah. not even this this uh, pandemic. It's not even just affecting 
you know, small businesses, it's, it's affecting companies like Cineworld and Premiering and, you know, huge airlines like uh, Virgin Airlines. I mean, I feel bad for the staff of Virgin Airlines, but Richard Branson can go and fuck himself. I mean, I hope I hope he got he's a fucking cunt for what he's trying to do to our NHS. Fuck Richard Branson, he can liquidate, but all of his staff can get jobs elsewhere. Um, sorry, that was very political, but Richard Richard Branson is a fucking lizard. Um, have I used up all the f bombs for this podcast? There. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, um, anyway, um, yeah, like I'm saying, like I'm saying, it's affecting massive, uh, massive, massive corporations. You know, airlines are down in Scotland. There was. I had the other day there was a hotelier who owns six different hotels across Scotland. Her business has gone down eighty percent. So it's it's one of those things where they've they've been let down by the government in the sense that it's just been a bit of a mess. The testing system isn't working, so we can't even tell who's got COVID and when where they've been. Um, I think they rushed things too early, yeah, which makes the restrictions more severe because if everyone is tested positive or come into contact stays home everyone else can feel safe for going out yeah that's the thing it's, and to be honest the both times i was at the cinema i felt quite safe um i didn't come past in close contact with anyone um the only thing i didn't like was that they kept the door shut and mm. i've got a real thing for touching surfaces especially at the moment like i hate pool handles and then they don't have any hand sanitizer when you're in the hotel they're not yeah, yeah. Sorry, in the uh, in the cinema but it's little things like that you can carry yeah. a bottle of hand sanitizer on you anyway but yeah they, they've been let down I think if you're in New Zealand and you're in a hotel, not hotel, sorry, I'm, I need to get out of the hotel. Maybe. If you're in a New Zealand and you're a cinema chain, you're probably doing a lot better. But, you know, there's not a lot else that, you know, who who's, is it MGM that release James Bond? It's a combination of things. Yeah, I mean, what else, what else are they meant to do? They, they obviously, film, like the film industry is an industry of greed. That's why, you know, you're spending £9.50 on a popcorn and a Coke. When you go to the cinema and your yeah. tickets, if you're not like a student or elderly or, you know, <laughs> under eight, that's why your tickets are like a tenner each. It's an expensive industry. Um, but what else do they meant to do? They want to maximise their profits. They try to do the thing with Tenet where they released it during the pandemic. And given that it was a pandemic, it did. Did it break even in the end? It, it did make a fair water cash given. Well, I think Tenet's still a work in progress. I think the, the thing with Tenet is, right, is um, it's... Obviously, Christopher Nolan is not gonna not gonna worry too much if this film doesn't make as much as the last film he made because of he knows the circumstances. Um, and Warner Brothers just felt you know you know confident enough to do it. The thing with the Bonds is is that while it's released by MGM, I mean Eon, the people actually made the Bond films, they don't really do anything else, right? So if if Warner Brothers and and Nolan and everything else, if Tenet doesn't do as well, it, it's yeah. kind of on the balance sheet with a bunch of other things that probably did okay. Whereas with the Bond people, Bond is all they've got. Yeah, yeah okay. But yeah, so exactly. What, what else are they meant to do? It's... I, 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 I kind of get it. I mean, on the other hand, you know, it's a bit tough. On You know, a lot a lot of people went, when, you know... It, it, look, it's, it's, it's easy to criticise them from where we're sitting. If you try and look at it from where they're sitting, like you say, I do kind of get it. Um, similarly, Dune. I mean, the thing, the thing with Dune is... Dune has a big audience. It's got a big fandom and everything. Uh, Denny Villeneuve's got a good reputation making making films and everything, but it's not part of a massive franchise like Star Wars or Marvel. So they do need, you know, you know, if they if they want this Dune to do well and they they want to get an opportunity to make the subsequent films in the storyline, they they can't afford to have a poor showing. Whereas Marvel, if they had a film out, they could probably get away with it and say, you know what, we're going to put it out because we're Marvel. We know we're going to do okay. Five billion dollars a year for the past ten years. (laughs) Yeah.
So, you know, I do understand it. I mean, you know, different people have made different decisions. Disney had Mulan due to come out and they decided to um, release their film on uh, Disney Plus only, but charge people. And a few things came out on, on, on Amazon where, you know, you have to, to, to pay to watch it. Um, a couple of things have come out on Netflix, just part of the normal subscription. Um, David Finch's new film, Mank, is out uh, on the 4th of December, and it's a Netflix film, um, which, you know, given how long films take to make, that might have always been a Netflix film. But, you know, that, you know, he might have said, well, hey, why don't we stick this in the cinemas, you know, as well a bit like they did with The Irishman. Um, but, you know, I think they're probably resigned to the fact that it's, uh, it's going to be a Netflix well, I don't, film. I, I, I don't know what's going on here, but there's a few things that I agree with, um, with what you said, especially the Mulan thing. I understand why Disney Plus did it, but I don't like the way they did it. So I have Disney mm. Plus. I've been watching it. Have you watched The Mandalorian yet? Uh, I've got. We've done one episode and really like it. Yeah. So I'm starting the second season. It's great. It's getting better, which is great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but what they did was the way to watch it. You had is that you had to be subscribed to to watch Mulan. Who, who the fuck wants to watch Mulan anyway? Because Mulan was fine as it was. It didn't need to be remade. This is this is the height of Disney's greed. So they remade a film that they didn't need to remade, but they did it live action. Um, so they need to remake. Yeah, like, like like they've been doing. It's this new yeah. production line. Nobody cares. And they were like, you had to be a member of Disney Plus Premium and then pay something exorbitant, like. Um... Well, I didn't know about the Disney. Yeah, Plus yeah, because I. Bit, but yeah, I, I know just... that. I know that. Like, it was like the price of two cinemas. It was like twenty watch. odd quid, I think, or I think at some point it was like thirty nine ninety nine when I was looking at it on my Xbox. Mm. I'm not paying forty fucking know. quid to watch. I'm not paying forty quid to watch six seasons of like Breaking Bad, you know. So, but I agree with the way they did it. Yeah. Like, not the way they did it, of what they were trying to do is that you you pay more than you would, because when you want to buy a film and it comes out either on Blu-ray or on uh, Sky Store or on Xbox Films and TV or, you know, that or Prime Video, you can buy films that way. It's usually about £12, which... Yeah, when it, when it first comes out, it's £12. £12 and obviously, you can, uh, everyone in your house can sit and watch that film with you. And, you know, you can watch it forever after that as long as... And now, what I it. didn't understand was, is why, to save some money, is that Cineworld and View and um, Odeon and all these people didn't set up their own similar yeah. apps to Netflix and Prime. And yeah. instead of uh, going to the cinema to watch it, for example, how much would it be for me, you, and my sister to go to the cinema? It's probably about, ticket-wise, probably about £24. And then... Yeah, yeah. And then, and then but ignore the snatch, ignore the snatch, because you're not going to get that money back if people aren't actually. So twenty four pounds. So sure, sure. the way to do it is that say the average the average amount of people going to the cinema is four as a group. Maybe couples. Yeah. Maybe that's when it gets a little bit more expensive. But say say between say the average uh, price two yeah, to two four. So say you, say you level it out at three, and the person pay, because usually the one there's one person paying for the cinema. If it's the if it's a couple, one part of the couple pays it, or if it's a group of three, yeah, usually yeah. it's a parent with two kids, etc. Um, and I think what they should have done is just, just say, well, say, all oh, right, so you want to watch the new James Bond film, you pay twenty two ninety nine, and you're, you've got that downloaded to your app, but you can only have one, yeah. um, you can only have one screen per device or something like that per account. So that limits it being, you know, giving someone's uh, account details out, you know, because, you know, with like, yeah. Disney Plus and Netflix, you can have like six accounts. So what, what I'm trying to say is that what they could have done is per household, they could have tried to kind of prop up the, save, you know, Senior will do things like that. And I know there's not people that put this cut staff, senior aren't going to be getting many, any jobs and stuff like that or any work done. But, you know, that still props the company up to get them through furlough and try and make some money and limit the damage that's been done to it. 
I have no idea why that wasn't thought about or even discussed or introduced at all. Because for me, that seems plain as plain as day. You pay twenty two ninety nine, and the whole and say there's a family of five. Okay, you're getting a bit cheaper. If you're a couple, okay, you're paying a little bit more. But it's still you're getting to see a new film. You get you're not watching the same show. You're not. I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine again. I'm getting to watch something different to that. And I have no idea why that yeah. wasn't established or set up. Um, because everyone's racking their brain trying to think, how do we d- limit the damage towards Cineworld and View? Why are they having to close down? Is there something we could have done? It's like, yes, they could have made their own streaming service. Yeah, you see, the, fil- the film companies, see, once upon a time it was all over the piece, wasn't it? The film companies controlled the, the, the exhibitors as well. I mean, we're going to have 78 years for that. But, you know, they are, at, you know, together they're an industry. And the film companies themselves and the, and the, the cinema chains have not done a very good job and in this area and the thing is covid wasn't the first thing that threatened cinema um attendance you know the fact that people can watch things at home the fact that people can stream things the fact that people can pirate things i mean i i don't do it myself but i know a lot of people who are going oh, i'm watching the latest film and downloaded it from the server yeah and it's like well that i mean that's that that's crap the thing is though you can try and enforce that or you can which obviously you have to do but you have to uh, be on top of how people can watch things in exactly the way you describe. And, you know, it's like, if we're going to make this political and take an analogy, it's no one's fault that COVID happened, but you can blame the government for not listening to advice from about four years ago saying you're going to need to stock up on masks in case something like mm-hmm. this happens, right? And it's exactly the same thing that says, you know what, there are constant threats to cinema attendance. The world is changing. There are a lot of people doing more stuff at home. And if you're not, you know, getting with the programme, you know, you can be very vulnerable. I mean, I don't know if you remember this. It's 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 kind of gone by the wayside now. But there was a time when, when you bought a DVD or a Blu-ray, you got a digital copy. Yes, yes. and you could you remember that onto your laptop or something. And and they were shite, right? Each company had its own technology, which didn't work very well, and it was really hard to get on. You tried to get it on there, and you have to put in like a hundred and seventy-six digit code, and then you're kind of trying to watch it and trying to download it. And it's absolutely yeah. fucking terrible. And it's like the, they they really didn't get with the program at all. It's like it's like the, the the music industry hasn't really got with the you know got with the, the the fact that people don't buy as many records as they used to. And yeah, why why isn't there an app? Why isn't there more like this? Because you know Netflix is well, yeah, but that's what's happened. Spotify and uh, Apple Music have sort of cracked the system where artists still get on board with Spotify and Apple Music and do exclusives and still make money from making new albums, but not in the traditional sense that yeah. you go to HMV to buy the the new yeah. the new album the new vinyl or whatever in the same way that Netflix and um, you know Prime have kind of taken that away from cinemas but there's still that demand there you know up until it, it, there is still the demand there, but so up until up until sorry, recently man. you know you know it was Titanic was not Titanic Avatar was the highest grossing film of all time so this, and then it, that was surpassed yeah. by Avengers Endgame and that was last year so there's still the demand for the uh, cinemas it's just but I don't. I don't think that's got that's got fuck all to do with the people at MGM and Warner Brothers, and then by extension the people at Cineworld and View and all these uh, companies. Um, that's just because people enjoy those films. Those people that want to go and see the new Marvel film, they want to go and see. Don't tell Martin Scorsese, but they want to go see the new Marvel film. Um, <laughs> well, well, here's the thing: you've put your finger on something very interesting there, right? Think of the names of the companies that you've just captured there, who have made the most of demand or brought in something new or fixed a problem. Apple, Spotify, yeah, and in the film world, and you, Marvel. To some extent, right? you could say Google with YouTube. 
just I know that's not that's yeah. a different market. What people watch far more YouTube now than they yeah, do but you TV. Just, you, and and you can you can mm -hmm. films the, the, the market's there to be exploited. I think I think what happened was is that the cinemas and the film industry were just kind of comfortable. The only way you could go and see a new film was watching when it came out or doing what Granny and Granddad did, just waiting for the DVD. That was the only two ways. And now it's like, wait, they, you know. Now it's a different world, isn't it? Well, look, well, that's the thing, though, is that those companies that have cracked it, none of them are the traditional media companies. It wasn't the record industry or the record companies that cracked that Spotify thing, is it? No, it was Apple and Spotify who are, you know, d mm -hmm. digital disruptor companies, right? Similarly, Netflix and Marvel, they've entered into the cinema world. Marvel, Marvel have kind of saved Disney's yeah. arts, right? Um, the, same way, the same way Pixar did. I know Pixar were a film company, but Disney's greatest successes over the past 15, 20 years have been other people, especially people with, a, with some sort of link to technology, coming in with the idea. And, and Netflix are, are the ones who are letting Spike Lee make his latest film and so on ahead of the film companies. And the film companies are kind of, um, like you say, they were comfortable, they were going with the flow, and they're not the ones coming up with the answers to the problems. So the interesting thing with Mulan is that that must have been a tough decision for, for Disney because while, look, I'm sure, you know, and, and hopefully it, it will be available on the cinema at some point in the future, the new David Fincher film's going to look mm -hmm. amazing on a big cinema screen. But, it, but it, given it's a biography of a, of a screenwriter and a particular story, it's probably going to be okay to watch on the small screen. Um, whereas Mulan, Disney must have really been hoping that Mulan would be something. I wonder because I wonder how maybe the two could almost help the other out. So I know Netflix almost started off as kind of like a hipster company, but kind of like an, a more niche company. Where I've got Netflix about eight years ago now, and I don't know how many, but I know there's 191 million active subscribers on Netflix, and if they're all paying eight quid a month. Yeah. It's close to a billion dollars a month. So they are, not, they are not a hipster company anymore. They are not niche. They are not a small business. They are huge. And I wonder if there's a, a yeah. market for, say, what I saw the other day, um, my pal who uh, used to work at the supermarket I worked in, and everybody now works in the supermarket down here, she was she just noticed that she said, oh, you see the view in the Bellman in um, Aberdeen are closing down. Now, I have less worries about the view in Aberdeen because the view are a big, they're not the biggest cinema chain. Hopefully they'll, they'll be, back. be back. But the Belmont, the, the picture house, that's that's really worrying because the Belmont, the Belmont has always struggled for funds. It has always struggled for you know people to go and see it. It was always a bit more expensive to go to the Belmont. The snacks they sell at the Belmont, right, your traditional one. But you could get you could get a pint and you could watch a film with a pint um, cheaper than a pint. You could get a cine roller view. Um, but the point I was trying to make was is that yeah. is there a market for um, Netflix to maybe help these smaller chains out to show their films that that's that's a really interesting idea i mean see this is i mean where netflix have come in um i mean yeah again it, it's always my little my little hobby horse to put things in context i i grew up in the home viewing mm -hmm. home video generation so home video home viewing home video became incredibly like common in like the 80s i mean prior to that i mean you know you you watched a film on the TV when it was on. Do you know what I mean? And if you were lucky enough to have a VCR in the late 70s, um, uh, you could record things on, on video. But what, what really cracked things was video shops opening up on your high street. And the home viewing experience was absolutely massive. Films that didn't do well at the box office had a yeah. second life on home video. The difference between the two viewing experiences, though, was massive. You know, if you had a 22-inch or 24-inch screen yeah. TV, you were lucky, Yeah. And the quality of the picture was like about half what DVD is, which is 
you know, about three quarters yeah. of what a Blu-ray is, right? And, um, you know, forget about sound bars, forget about sound systems. That just didn't happen. I mean, I watched Blade Runner on video because I was too young to watch it when it came out, yeah? But it was still a big hit on, uh, on, on home video. That's what kept it alive for the reissue. But I went to see the reissue at the cinema yeah. and it blew my fucking mind. Just the opening scene of like the big vista over like, you know, 21st century Los Angeles and the, the columns of flame coming up out of the buildings and Rutger Hauer's giant eyes. Oh my God, this is fucking incredible. And, you know, the difference between the viewing experiences is much smaller now. And that's obviously when Netflix have decided to go, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. Home viewing is best. And right. For, what it gives Netflix is it gives their films more credibility if they're seen as films. You know, they'll be dead shut for the fact that things like Roma and other Netflix releases and like The Irishman um, got treated as films. Because a few years ago, Beasts of No Nation didn't get like, it was, it was cut off from the Oscars and things because there was like, it's an amazing film. But it, because it was like shown on Netflix and they, hadn't, they really hadn't resolved the kind of, is this being exhibited in cinemas enough to be classed as a film? That whole thing you said last week about if something is cinema, it should be available to watch yeah. in the cinema, right? And I think that's what Netflix can do, exactly like you say. Like you say, they're not a hipster company anymore, but they could be, that could be their selling point, isn't it? You make it, you make your film with Netflix and you want it to have a life in the cinema. Scorsese said the same thing himself. So those independent cinemas could be, like you say, have the backing of Netflix and it could become a whole, like, uh, a whole model, can't it? Because you want to make your film on Netflix. They're the ones who've got the money. I know Netflix is predominantly interested in, in home viewing, but that that independent feel would, and a lot of companies like to feel that way. I mean, Apple likes to feel that way. Apple likes to feel like they're the hipster, like they're the indie choice. They're yeah. still a billion, billion, billion dollar company. But giving that feeling would, you know, and, 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 you know it doesn't mean Netflix are the white knight if saved everybody's, saved everybody's ass. But if it makes, if, if it serves their purpose to do it, wouldn't that be great? Your local independent cinema comes back. The film that you want to see, yeah, I might watch that at home because that's not brilliant. But, you know, I do quite fancy seeing that one at the cinema, you know, and, and not necessarily going to Cineworld and being surrounded by popcorn chewing oh, zombies. Geez, by, you know, I think, the, if, if, I think if it gets shown in the big chain anyway. We're in a weird so maybe, maybe time the way to of films and cinema like with the pandemic. If there wasn't a pandemic on going, on going on right now, but there's obviously, there's, you know, your traditional big studios and then you have indie films which are made by, you know, your Tarantinos and stuff like that. And they're, they're, they're considered independent because they're not yeah. spat out by Marvel. Now, Netflix is kind of like a grey yeah. area because Netflix used to be, oh, well, you know, come on, come and watch this film that was released eight years ago and now we've got we've managed to secure the rights for, for our streaming service. Now they've, they make their own yeah. films. And, but you wouldn't, con you wouldn't call them a big studio in the traditional sense of Warner Brothers, but they're still a big company. But the films they make, are, I would kind of class them as more of your independent type films rather than say your blockbusters. The, the interesting thing is, right? They they could get, they definitely would benefit from having that indie uh, indie reputation, but what they also benefit from is the is actually testing their films actually in the cinema right because you know there's a reputation for some of these netflix films being quite shit okay there was this point where you go oh it's a netflix original uh, is it any good i'm going to check yeah. the reviews before i watch this do you know what i mean but there have been better ones you know the five bloods is essentially a netflix film right 
Um, the Irishman, for all I don't think it's as good as Scorsese's best, it is is a Netflix film, but a, a definitely a better class of things. And but then when you watch um, some of the Netflix originals that came out, did you see that? Extraction no, you did. You said it was all right. It was it was all right. And to be fair, I watched it late at night. I was a little bit tired, and I stopped to change a baby's nappy at least once during the film. But I still watch it and think, yeah, you know, you get more out of a John Wick film, you get more out of a Rage film. But on the, on the other hand, that new Charlie Theron one that she did, um, Old Guard, that's really good. But if you want, it's almost like before Netflix, right, before all of this, do you remember when films either got shown in the cinema or went straight yeah. to video or straight to cable? And if you heard a film didn't go to the cinema or went straight to video or straight to, straight to TV... You, if it was a good film, you'd have to kind of defend it. You'd have yeah. to go, oh no, but it's really good, you know? It is actually a very good film. And there is that difference in reputation because if you put it out of the cinema and it dies on its ass, people will say, well, what, what's wrong with it? Not that, you know, box office should be the be all and end all. But if you put it out in the cinema and it reaches an audience and people love it, that actually, that's an earned reputation of being a good film. And I think Netflix needs that. I think Netflix would benefit from its originals actually going, you know what? We're not just like making these things on a production line and sticking them out there like a TV movie. This is a movie. This is a film. So let's actually show it like a film and and get it to. Well, I think yeah, I think you're onto you something. I, mean? um, I think it's something that you know it's Netflix have certainly got the, the the resources to do it, and I think it would it would it would help. You know, it's you know not killing two birds with one stone because that's quite a a bleak message, but it's you know it's uh, helping both parties helping each other. The Little cinemas are yeah, it's win, nice win. to go to an independent cinema, maybe more often than I should, but it's nice to go to an independent cinema because you know it's you know it's different. It's you know it's, it's more like sitting on a couch um, with a bigger screen. But also, it, it'd be, it, I think it, it'd be an yeah. interesting thing to it's obviously entirely hypothetical, it's, it's a complete fantasy. Like, my um, one of my mates said that him and his housemates uh, just binged Breaking Bad for first six seasons in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said it was ace. Just all the all the guys like you know having a couple of like, cans, just you know watching the, the the entire season. I think that'd be something interesting they could do as well. They could put the, you don't have to just necessarily watch films in the independent cinema. You know, we can you can get concerts now. You can get operas. You can get yeah. You know, yeah I mean, they did screenings of the of Game of Thrones finales and stuff uh, at some cinemas as well, which uh, yeah. or, or or in venues that had a big because they communal experience. And you remember we went to see that, again, it's actually a yeah. Scorsese concert film about the Rolling Stones. We went to see that. And do you remember they called it a regional premiere? And what that meant was that I took you to the nearest actual cinema to me, you know, rather than forcing my way down to London on the red carpet. But it was like a combined yeah. event. And I, was, and I was thinking that maybe that, maybe that is something that they can do, you know, partly to help people through COVID. And if you are going to show a film on Netflix, you know, now or, or stream it now rather than, you know... Um, uh, you know, wait for the pandemic to be over or, or, or take your chances in the cinema. Or if you're the kind of film that's not necessarily going to get make the biggest splash but you want to give it a showing, is to have that kind of almost yeah. like a virtual premiere experience. Do you know what I mean? You could actually say, we're going to show this in some of the cinemas and we're actually going to, like, I don't know if Netflix has the technology to do this, but we're actually going to actually drop this and, and, and drop it live now so you can all watch this the film together. Because there is something about that. It's why I watch quite a lot of films on television. A friend of mine said this to me once. It's it's weird that you still find yourself watching a film on TV that that you've seen loads of times before. You, you know, you could you could get the video out and watch it yourself. But there's something about mm-hmm. knowing that you're not the only person watching it right now. You know what I mean? There is something about that that actually makes film. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this is obviously it's a big it's a big 
you know, what if, because it, there'll probably be stumbling blocks in the sense that you already pay for a Netflix subscription. Why would someone want to pay, you know, money to go to the cinema again and things like that? But yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to see uh, independent cinemas, you know, kept through this by um, be, by being able to watch, you know, I don't know, for example, seeing films like The Two Popes, which I thought was actually a really beautiful film for something that was made by Netflix and you were meant to see on a smaller screen. I thought it'd be cool to see something like that on a on a screen bigger than TV. I think it's it's a different it's a difficult circuit. I yeah. don't completely straight off the whole how do or what happens with the COVID pandemic because we've just kind of stri- well no I, I think it's relevant because yeah. you could you could road test well, it now couldn't you I mean you can't you can't do the you can't do the big screen bit you could start getting people into the idea that a film landing on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever is an event and it's fine if you want to be the person who watches it whenever you're ready to watch it I mean God knows I mean I have a whole you know we have a whole feature on the podcast about getting around to watching films that you should have watched ages ago. But there is something about you could make it an event now. It could help people with their films coming out now to have some sort of joint premiere event thing. And then when when things open up, you could kind of, you know, you could almost say, you know, they could start trying to help out the independent cinemas and say, hey, let, let's make this part of a longer term plan. And in the meantime, let's, um, uh, you know, let's, you know, make this uh, a, a way to make films live and breathe during the pandemic and kind of keep keep the independence in people's minds you know yeah hey, there's no harm in trying it um but i mean longer longer term i mean i don't know you know if there's enough of it now but maybe in the future things like virtual reality could make watching a film at home more like watching a film in the cinema mm. i don't know i mean it's just thinking off the top of my head but that's something that people could do i mean it's not you know there's only such a tiny minority of that out about now at the moment but this, you know, you, you could make it a more immersive experience. There's other ways that you could make. Yeah, it I think the the difference is that when an audience, you know, you know, when people go to the cinema now, they're obviously seeing things on a big screen. But now TVs are massive now. It's even the sense that you know, you know, TVs used to be, you know, I remember when like a 32 inch, you know, plasma TV was a big deal. I, I I remember, and you you're probably too little, you know, to remember that this happened. I remember going and looking in the cinema, looking in the TV shop. And seeing the price of a thirty-two inch screen, thinking, you know, I'm going to be sensible, save save money. Yeah, it's, just it's crazy how much more accessible. And, and now, now you can't even get anything. You, you can't get a 4K yeah, TV and anything less than forty inch. It's weird. It's a weird. It's a weird area to navigate. But in terms of how businesses like this cope, I think it's it's down to the films. It's down to the people that you know run the company. The, the you know release the film. Sorry, that you know the the suits at the top of the company because if they don't want to release the film there's no there's nothing stopping them that the cine world can't say oh please 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 because like like i said nobody went to the cinema when i went nobody's going to go to the cinema people are like people that don't have as much money at the moment you know people are worried you know you know marcus rashford's campaign about free school meals kind of highlights that you know yeah, yeah you 25 quid in the cinema for the whole family when that's like you know maybe half of a weekly shop you know for a family of four you know um it sucks yeah yeah it's Film, you know, films are a kind of films are a luxury market now. and hobby and luxury thing to have, and they're a luxury thing to do, and they're expensive, and that's what makes them even more of like a premium when it, when they're an experience to go and see. And you even even have different levels of that kind of experience in that you can go to an independent cinema, you can go to a big screen, you can go to an IMAX, you can have 4DX or Cineworld VIP, which is incredible. It's just gluttony at its finest, but you know it's it's yeah. in a in a market right now, and then. After that, after the uh, say after the say in, say in t- twelve months' time, there's a vaccine and things are back to normal in the sense that people are outdoors and people are allowed to you know you know you can go to the shops and not have to wear a face mask or you know it's not you know 
there's no cues, there's like there's no panic buying, everything is normal, everything's open. I still think the cinemas will be dead because there's gonna, there's gonna be a big recession after this. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I know. So here's you know we the, one of the sort of favorite kind of refrains of this cinema yeah. is to you know like imagine how it could be. Yeah, and we all talk about that being like a parallel universe, and you know that that's nice and that's easy, but. Uh, trying to imagine a good outcome for what we could do now at some point when things get back to normal, you're going to want people to go back and see films. Yeah. And anything that happens in the meantime is, is two things. One, the survival of the industry now to keep, you know, so that people, you know, still have something to watch. Yeah. But also like, like we talked about last month, this is an opportunity for a reset to think about how things happen in the future. So, like you say, it's got to be quite long term, not just getting through a lockdown, not just getting through COVID, but getting through times being tough for a while after that. And anything that we do now, so films still get seen, should be a way of keeping people in touch with cinema, keeping in touch with, with the experience, so that when they do have the money and they do have the opportunity, they then still will go and see a film and it doesn't die out. And that being the case, I think what you're talking about is, you know, what, what films have been released recently? There was, there was <laughs> uh, that's just not my thing, but it's probably the people who like probably saw Hitchcock back in the day and, you know, it's that type of film. But yeah, it's, there's nothing being released. Yeah. That, I think that's, sorry, in my yeah. opinion, that's kind of what typifies what is being released. Like, oh, fucking Rebecca, a remake of a Hitchcock film that just didn't need to be made. Can that be the remake? Hate, can that yeah. be the remake? And, and hate watching? I'm not even fucking seeing it. <laughs> well, we, we could we, when you haven't even seen it maybe I mean I'm I'm I've got mixed feelings about this because the guy directed yeah. that film uh, Ben Wheatley I really like him and I wonder why he's doing this I'm, I'm not keen on on remakes like this I think they're really you've got to have fucking balls to take on a, a classic Hitchcock film that worked perfectly well the first time um, and I you know again I probably have to watch it and then decide whether it goes you know we can talk about whether it goes in the hate watch or we could we could. Uh, watch it and then you know the feature could be deciding whether it goes into the hate watch but yeah i mean the thing is as you say not many things have been released maybe people need to say look this, this is going to be like this for a year so if we're sitting on a film let's put it out but if we are going to put it out whether it's on netflix or amazon whatever it is let's actually make that an event let's come up a way with, of having a virtual premiere a way of having you know advertising it and getting people to watch it and getting people to watch it together or at least getting people to um you know discuss it on social media at the same time link it up to you know, the news and everything say, this film's out. Are you sick of talking about Trump? Are you sick of talking about COVID? Hey, there's actually a film out. Let's see what people say about that film. Give it some life. Make it make it an experience. People are sitting at home. They can watch, their, you know, something on Netflix or, they're, you know, they're watching, you know, something, you know, more cheaply. Make it an event. Make it like movie night. Encourage people to have a movie night and, and try and keep the actual experience of going to the cinema alive, even if you're stuck at home. Because it will actually make people's lives at home more bearable, you know. And at the same time, it can pave the way for, like you say, quite a long period of time where we are, um, you know, waiting for things to get back to normal. We might have to get used to a new way of watching films I then that might that'll stick around the longer than we think. You know? I think humans by nature are naturally lazy. You get hardworking humans, but we also look for the easiest way to do things. And I think if we get used to, say, instead yeah. of going to the cinema, paying for parking going for a McDonald's and, you know, paying for the, the ridiculous prices that they charge at the cinema. If it's just a, you know, fuck it, we'll pay, we'll pay 22 quid to watch it at home. We'll get cheap snacks from a local discount supermarket, you know. 
like the supermarket I work in, you can get a bag of massive bag of popcorn for like ninety five p. You go to you go to the cinema and it's like six quid. That's so that's interesting. So what what might be the case is that the only thing, the thing that might get people going back to the cinema when it's possible to do that again is almost withdrawal <laughs> symptoms. It's like saying if if you if you don't replace it, but you, you you keep people wishing it was happening, you keep people looking forward to it happening again. Yeah, I think that might. Be what, I think what will happen is it will narrow the industry. I think. Well, personally, I, I think it's, what's going on right now is really bleak. I think with what I was saying in the sense that people just be, would just prefer to watch at home rather than arse themselves going to the cinema. And then when you get used to that behaviour, you become conditioned. Like like you said yourself, you're working from home at the moment and you actually prefer it because you don't have to you don't have to fucking commute in. You know, three you you save three hours of your day commuting. You don't have to get up at six in the morning. You can get up at a quarter to eight. You can get up at eight to just, you know, get a shower and log in at half eight. So, and you're enjoying that. And for, say, in two years' time when it's safe for you to go back to the office, how much of a shock to the system is that going to be? How how shit is that morning for yourself going to be where you're just kind of like, ugh, I wish I, wish I wasn't getting up at six. I wish I, wish I was getting up at eight. You know what I mean? I think it's going to happen with the cinema as well. I think what will happen I mean, is that people just get used to watching it at home. We are, we're already used to preferring stuff at home. People prefer to watch YouTube now, Netflix and things like that. And I think this is, this is what I mean by narrowing the industry. People will only go to the cinema for the the kind of classic franchises or blockbusters. So Bond, like that'll make a buckload of money when the cinema's open. But to get me out, to get me out of, uh, get me out of my bed to go and say, see, Rebecca hadn't been a Netflix film, it'd been a remake. And it was just being released in Cineworld as if it was a big screen film. I'm not going to be asked to go and see that. That's what I mean by narrowing the industry. It'll just be the big films that people go to the cinemas for. Yeah, and and if um, you know the, the next Christopher Nolan, the next big film, if Tarant you know Tarantino makes another film, th those are the films that will get people out. So they need to happen. We hope they will happen. So it's almost as if we, we want Netflix, net, net, Netflix, who the fuck are Netflix? We, we almost want Netflix to say, yeah, what we'll do is we will wrap your local cinema in cotton wool. We, we will help you out. You know, let's combine our mailing lists and whatever it is. And when you can go out to those cinemas again, they can come out and people who are motivated to watch the indie film, they're motivated to watch the, you know the 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 foreign film with subtitles or the the you know the 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 counter programming to the blockbusters they are quite motivated like you know while i love the blockbusters i i am quite motivated to to support the indie films as well i mean one of my favorite films of the past few years is you were never really here with Joaquin phoenix um uh, with by lynn ramsey and i you know that that's the sort of film that would should be the lifeblood of a more in, you know the the independent stream but as you say it's going to narrow it isn't it there's going to be there needs to be an independent stream and a, a blockbuster stream, and they need to be quite defined. I think the I think that's what's going to happen. I think Netflix will just be quite defined. Completely take over films like you were never really here, and almost absorb all of those films. And they're still Netflix is almost like the hidden gem industry now. You know, whereas you go to the cinema and you go and see yeah. the new Avengers film, you, you know it's not going to be terrible. You know, you're probably going to enjoy it. There's going to be Robert Downey Jr. and you know your favorite actors flying about in explosions. And, you know, and then the same could maybe be said for DC. I haven't enjoyed the latest DC films out with Wonder Woman, but there are people that still really enjoy them. You know what I mean? So that's what the cinema will become for, your big yeah. films. And then Netflix is the film that, you know, gets the rights to the next, you know, The Master or the next, you know, films like that. I think, and if that's what it takes to yeah. save the industry, then fair enough. But 
I'm I'm hoping that what happens, like, like I think, like what you say, what you're saying, I think carries a lot of weight. But what I hope also happens is that Netflix motivation to be seen as a real filmmaker will motivate yeah, them if to they find want to some way to support um, a, a more independent style. Because I think it, it does it does come down to. It. I mean, I've seen a lot of Netflix originals, and I, I you know when I'm looking, for, I, I skip past a lot of the Netflix originals. It's like because it doesn't feel like a real film. Oh, but Charlize Theron's doing them. Well, actually, you know what? It's an action film. She actually, she's actually really good at action films, and she's a good actress. I might give that a crack. You know, it, someone said Extraction was worth a watch. I might give that a crack. But it's almost like I do that by exception. The um, the, the guy did Parasite, Bong Joon-ho, he did Okja, which was like almost a Netflix film. Oh, well, he's good. I'll, I'll watch that. If Netflix want to be taken seriously as a maker of films, maybe they will say. What, they, they could be benefit from putting their weight behind cinema releases and they could corner the market by saying well you know your cine world is your cine world you know you watch the you don't necessarily watch your spike lee film there but you will watch your spike lee film at a an everyman or, or an independent cinema where you get like you say like a belmont where you actually get to you know drink a beer at your seat and have that that different experience i think i think if netflix invested in that it, it like you say it would help both sides but those cinemas need to maybe netflix is going to buy up all the cinemas maybe independent will be an in inverted commas yeah. Sport is back, but not with not with crowds. And people are hoping that when 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 the pandemic's over, people will flock back to football stadiums and other stadiums to watch sports. So the hope is that people will. Fl- I mean, I'm certainly going to go back to the cinema when they're open again, and I hope enough people still do. But like you say, it, this is the opportunity for people who run these things to think about really working out how they reach their audience and how they make that experience. Um, work for that audience. Like you say, we all go to Marvel and it's going to be packed full and it, you know, you, it's the popcorn crowd. That's great. And you enjoy those films if, if, you, if you like those kinds of films. You, you like Marvel better than Fast and Furious, for example. So you'll get that experience watching a Marvel film. Someone else might, you know, want to watch, you know, Vin Diesel doing this thing, you know, and the people who want to go watch the independent films want to do their thing. That experience has got to be defined for people. But like I say, I mean, di- digital um, and the internet you know, I think people have looked at the, you know, the recent election in America and, you know, campaigning online is a big thing. So we, we need to find a way to reach the audience and keep them motivated. Maybe we need to keep people motivated with online, with various ways to say, let's keep cinema alive. You know, let's find ways for this to still happen and use the technology because the technology companies are the ones who've, who've brought something to the table yeah. while the old film companies are struggling to get with the program. So Maybe use the technology. I hope so. Uh, I, it's, uh, from my perspective, I don't think it's know? very optimistic. I don't, I'm not hopeful that it does. But I think what's going to happen is, is that it will take someone like a Netflix to reignite the industry. Whether it's a case of Cineworld, just uh, I, I hope this doesn't happen. But say there are no cinema chains by the time. Maybe the, the companies just liquidate their assets and those companies don't exist anymore. It might take a couple of years, two or three years of no cinemas because that that's potentially the way it could go they're making no money at the moment and senior world are closing down until april that's months of no revenue so they, might, they might close down yeah so it could get to the could get to the case yeah, that it just I takes know, a couple of years and then netflix reignite it and you know um cinemas start op- oh, start opening again um but I, I because the infrastructure will still be there the screens will still be there you know yeah there might there might be a big change in ownership i mean that might be the thing that happens I mean, and, it, and, it's, and it's happened before. I mean, uh, my, the hopeful part of me says, you know, the last World Cup, Football World Cup in 2018, there were lots of people watching it, you know, in, in crowds, you know, like in, in uh, kind of viewing 
you know, which I didn't do, but I got together with friends to watch the matches. And that communal experience still matters to people. So I hope the demand for a communal experience is still there. But it could be a big change in ownership. And it has happened before. I mean, I'm not sure if you remember when, when we lived in Walthamstow. The one that, like, that, that uh, they go for a while. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was it, for a while, it closed down. One cinema company just kind of gave up on mm -hmm. it. And yeah, it was one of those freaky churches for a few years. And when I, you know, when I, when I was growing up in Durham for two or three years, there was just no cinema, which drove, drove me mad. You know, there's no cinema. There's no, there's no cinema within easy reach of me. And I remember having to go all the way to the fucking Metro Centre to watch Silence of the Lambs, you know. And it's, there have been periods like this before. I, I think throughout the 80s, I think when home video came along, there was a real, a real drop in cinema audiences. Um, and a lot of, you know, cinemas really fell into disrepair, but they did come back. And hopefully things like Marvel, things like the big cinema events which come out, there's as much as we think, you know, you're right, it is going to be tough and it is going to come back. But when Marvel's back, when the big films are back, if they, give, if they, if they sort out Star Wars and, and, and make it good again, those are the films that will make people come back to the cinema. The next Christopher Nolan will, will, will get people coming back to the cinema as well, Tarantino. And hopefully there'll be enough demand to keep that alive. But like you say, the people who own the cinemas, the way those yeah, cinemas I, are, I hope so. very different um, today. I, it's it's crazy how in how long have we been recording for about forty five minutes fifty seven okay in the last fifty five minutes we've come up with several ideas that I haven't heard a single peep out of yeah. from either the the big cinema the big cinema chains or even the film companies themselves to even try and rectify the situation they just seem to have kind of given up on it I mean I you know I hope they haven't I mean I, you know I hope there's still some smart people out there coming up with with new ways I think you know. So what's been going on? I mean, we don't know what the figures are like for Mulan. I mean, Tenet has done Tenet has done quite well. When you consider what the um, what the conditions are, Tenet is still out there, still being watched. You know, I'm definitely going to go back out to the cinema when when lockdown is over for any anywhere that's open. Um, you know, there's different things you can do. I mean, you can be some of these independent cinemas have membership schemes. You can become a membership member of your local cinema. Now, obviously, money's tight for everyone, so if you can't do it, you can't do it. But you know, you can be you can you can subscribe to the mailing list of cinemas because that is of value to them. You can become a member. That is of value to them. You know, th there are ways that as an audience, we can, you know, try and keep it alive. But again, we're at the mercy of life. Yeah, no, I really do. Plan. I really hope, I hope so. Because it's, uh, I can't just keep watching football every week, especially when you're a Sunderland fan. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the thing is, perfect world. Some of the things that happen now, some of the time they have to think, maybe come up with some more interesting and innovative ways to promote cinema and get it back and keep it in people's minds. Like you say, more paid streaming events, you know, more use of technology, whether it's streaming virtual reality, virtual premieres to kind of, because they'll all come in handy when you're trying to promote films. You know, Marvel can look after themselves, Disney can look after themselves. But some of these other films... Wouldn't it be amazing if you get more money, make more Netflix films and get to see it at the cinema because they actually use the technology to, you know, to get to get the audience out there yeah, or find a way to, really to get so. the audience to, to, to be part of things. Sorry. Yeah, it's, um, it's just it's, it's it's really bleak. Everything's really bleak at the moment. You know, it's you guys are on a new lockdown. We're not on a new lockdown up here. We've got that fucking tier system, which there's five tiers that you can go into. But it's just bleak. And it's bleak for anyone that's not like your, like myself who's, you know, no matter what the restrictions are, it seems like I'm always going to have shifts, and I'm always going. I'm not. I'm not getting you know furloughed. I'm, I'm, you know, working, and like yourself, you you're just going to be working from home. Yeah. So it's it's bleak. Like these hospitality and you know entertainment industries, you know they're they're literally they're hanging on 
they're hanging up like by the like the skin of their nails, trying to like you know, cling on, and it's just yeah. I mean, look, you just you know we find ways. I mean, I, I you know I if if your local hospitality industry that normally does sit in that normally like is your pub, if they're doing any form of takeaway, people you know try and try and buy a takeaway from them, try and give them something. You know, you can write to your MP, you can you can write you know send your support to to any hospitality industry companies that you you know, that, you know, you care about if there are any campaigns that are out there to kind of get things going. Mark, you know, Marcus Rashford's campaign for, you know, free school meals for kids is, I think, the most worthy. But if there is anything to help out the hospitality industry and all the jobs, all the people's jobs and, you know, uh, livelihoods that depend on that, I think, you know, we, we need to mobilise and try and shake people up, try and, you know, just not sitting at home crossing your fingers. As you say, you can send an email tomorrow that can, like, you know, land on someone's desk and maybe make them think. Um but you know, uh, you know, fingers crossed that something does come out of this because people have come through other things before. Cinema has, you know, obviously people's lives and jobs and, and livelihoods and all of those things are the first things that need to come back. But that having happened, cinema is one of the things that makes people's lives, you know, you know, more pleasant, worthwhile. It's it's not just being alive; it's the things that that um, make you feel alive that are important as well, and. Hope you know. I want cinema to be back there, and optimistically, cinema has survived a number of shocks over the years. Um, you know, the, the the advent of television, the advent of video, the advent of other media, and and all of those things, and it's still here. People still want to watch films. So my plea is that the audience and uh, and the companies involved, and, and anyone who can do something about this, is don't give yeah. up on it. I can agree. It, it would be amazing to see it back. That's all for this month's episode of Double Reel. Thanks for listening and for making it all the way to the end. Thanks also to my new co-host, James Adams. The podcast was edited and mixed using Audacity and Anchor FM. As usual, anything that sounded good was down to them and anything that sounded crap was down to us. The music was Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod. Dillinger is available to rent or buy digitally or on Amazon and Apple TV, but only in standard definition. For HD, UK-based listeners can buy the German Blu-ray for £12 and it will play on your machine. US-based listeners can buy the deluxe but very expensive collector's edition Blu-ray. For more information on Hitchcock's kaleidoscope, the.hitchcock.zone is a Hitchcock wiki site and contains some photos and test footage shot for the proposed film. A BBC Reputations documentary which mentioned the project can be streamed online depending on your location. So this is me, James Adamson, signing off. This is me, James Adamson, signing off. There'll be no bonus content this month, so your next podcast episode will be our regular episode 8 in December. Keep an eye on the socials for any bonus or special episodes we decide to do in future. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe and tell your friends. Until then, Stay safe, watch lots of films, and may your life be as awesome as you pretend it is on social media. And let's give Hans Zimmer another Oscar. I thought that was going to be like an Anchorman where Ron Burgundy says, stay classy, San Diego, and Veronica Corningstone says, and thanks for stopping by. Oh. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs>